Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Good Saturday afternoon here from the heartbeat of the country, Chicago, Illinois. We're beaming out all over the country, now actually all over the world. We have a terrestrial download that you can have, that you can listen to this from anywhere, that you have an internet connection. And here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, do I have a great one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and also the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, have I got a great guest for you today. I'd like to introduce you to Kent Johnson. He's a senior corporate advisor for the Religious Freedom and Business Foundation. In that role, he helps companies design and implement best practices regarding religious diversity and inclusion and promotes authenticity and connection among workers across the brief spectrum in ways that strengthen recruitment, engagement, retention, morale, ethics, and personal fulfillment. Now, he's got a heck of an illustrious background because Kent spent 37 years as a senior legal counsel at Texas Instruments, right down there in good old state of Texas. Kent, welcome. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Really excited to spend some time with you. I've listened to your <laughs> podcast and just ready to go. All right, Kent. Hey, well, listen, I know that you had uh, had kind of a favorite verse that you like that's really relevant to the work you're doing. So why don't you share that with our audience? Sure. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. And it goes like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. Yeah. And I know that's your main to the work that you're doing with uh, religious freedom. But uh, before we do that, let's set this up a little bit. Let's, uh, let's let folks know uh, what Kent's all about with your, with your background, your testimony. Did you come out a bouncing baby Christian boy? No, I actually uh, grew up in a family that attended church, but really didn't have a heart for Christ. Mm-hmm. It was more the kind of thing that good people did. And I grew up in New York City, uh, and uh, really in a uh, one of those subsidized housing projects. And uh, we didn't have much, but we did go to church. I have to say mm-hmm. that, and that was a good thing. But it wasn't until much later that I was wrestling with the whole question of meaning of life. You know, and it was actually when I was in law school that I was doing this. Oh, wow. What, hap- what happened was that uh, it's during a time when everything seemed to be going great. I had a, a fiancé, a wonderful girl. I, you know, neither one of us were believers at the time. I had a wonderful job at a law firm in Philadelphia, Philadelphia lawyer. Mm. Uh, lined up. I was still in law school, but I just didn't feel like I was uh, 
having a relationship with God. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I started reading various things, uh, different religious books of different religions, and one of the things I read was the Living Bible New Testament, and that grabbed my heart. That's why I am a believer today. Mm. It spoke, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and spoke to me of my sinfulness and my dread and my need for Him and His provision for my sins. And that just turned, turned my life around. How old were you at that time? Well, let's see. I was uh, 21 years old, 22 years old. 22 years old, boy. Yep. Man. Yep. Now, were you, you said you were at uh, law school at the time, or you had come through, got through law school, or not? That's correct. Okay. I, I was in law school at the time. I graduated from Dartmouth, and I was in uh, Villanova Law School. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it was at that time that I got passionate also about reconciliation. Oh, about did Building you? bridges. Oh. About people connecting with us, which explains my, my verse I chose. Wow. You know, Christ was reconciling the world to himself and called us to the ministry of reconciliation. It really grabbed my heart even then. So uh, did you get but to... But I jumped into the legal field. Did yep. you get to go work for that Philadelphia firm or not? I did, yeah. Ah, I worked okay. for two years with a Philadelphia firm before coming down to Texas, seeing the light and moving <laughs> <laughs> down to Texas. What the heck? A New York boy down in Texas? <laughs> That's right, yeah. <clears throat> that reminds yeah, me of that, that old commercial. New, you know, Pace Picani sauce. New York City. <laughs> yeah, well, we still go back regularly. Okay. Know, but, but yeah. Yeah, you can't get away from those roots there in New York, right? <laughs> That's right. That's a That's great right. town. Well, that, now, how did the Lord grab you about reconciliation? What is it? What was that all about? Well, I grew up in an environment that was very diverse. Right. So we had people of different nationalities. As a matter of fact, from our apartment, you could just sort of, if if you. Uh, the windows were always open. There was no air conditioning right. during the summertime, and you'd, you'd get strange smells coming in, and you had strange languages as well. Sure. But we were surrounded by people of different countries, uh, backgrounds, and races. And uh, my best friend was a Jewish fellow there, and I just always had a passion for, uh, for caring about people who were different from me. I don't know. I think it was just that diverse uh, you know, upbringing that I had. Yeah. Well, you you didn't then, see color. You didn't have any, You didn't really have any prejudice back then, right? For any of this, because you grew up with all these. Right, well, yeah. well, that's the thing. There, I, I there was a lot of prejudice, right? Uh, and it was it surrounded us. Um, but uh, for some reason, I, I was being prepared for a ministry of reconciliation from a pretty early age. I think. Yeah, I guess you were. Holy smokes! Yeah. <laughs> How was that big law firm environment for you? <laughs> Well, it was uh, it was draining, uh, yeah. to be honest. It, it was all the worth of the individual was wrapped up uh, in hourly billings mm -hmm. and working hard. And I, I was very much a hard worker, you know. So that part is okay. But um, after becoming a believer, you know, my wife was nervous about this because she didn't sign up for this. And I started thinking about ministry and what would ministry look like? Is is ministry something different from what I do nine to five? Mm. And and the fact of the matter is, I mean, what I came to embrace anyway was the concept that worship is everything we do. Yeah, that it embraces all parts of my work, my life, uh, from morning to evening, from sleeping time, and all mm -hmm. of that is for him and for mm -hmm. him alone. And uh, so I began to see my work as a mission field. Okay. Uh, if not the, the finance documents that I was writing up, the relationships that mm -hmm. I would have, 
the work product that I would generate would be excellent because it would be essence of the Lord. You bet. Uh, and and so that just got me thinking a different direction. Now, when I went to Texas Instruments, it was a, quite a change mm, um, from the law firm environment. <laughs> right. So I had a client sort of automatically built in, and that was great. And the client was huge. I mean, CI at the time was nearly 100,000 employees. We're much smaller now. I still call it we. I still feel like I'm part of that sure. company. It's a wonderful, wonderful ethical company. But it, when I joined, there were um, it was like a lot of companies at the time in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, you know tops down driven. You had a boss, and you, they you don't question the boss. Everything is you know done by the the rules right. uh, from the boss only and. The culture of the company has changed dramatically to a point where it's embraced diversity and it's embraced faith as well in a very profound and strong way. I got and I got a feeling you first that did I got a feeling you were a big part of that. <laughs> well, I had the privilege of starting the first faith based employee resource group at wow. Texas Instruments, and it was also one of the first in the Fortune one hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, we thought we were the only one, but there were others that, that were in ex- a few others in, in existence. American Airlines started before we did. But the point is, we were we felt that we were uh, really pioneers, and yeah. I had the advantage of being in senior uh, uh, legal leadership, at least, uh, and, and had some credibility, so people knew I was not just some wild-eyed fanatic who was going to... <laughs> get people all nervous and right so uh yeah i uh that was more than 20 years ago now that ti started down the journey uh, wow and i was i was in the position to be able to uh help start that uh just a handful of us were involved but i was the one who was the liaison to top management and liaison to other people of other faiths well so, I, that had to be really started. you know uh Really instrumental because again you knew the law and you knew where how to navigate, especially with a secular company, right? Uh, you know, a company that was on the street, so you know, listed on the exchange. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely helpful. I was not an employee uh, relations lawyer. I wasn't a you know HR kind of expert. I right. was more transactional, but it did help a great deal that I had friends in that organization. And uh, I had credibility with management, and so we quickly worked through. But there are no legal impediments. To right, what we did. exactly. But did you run up against anything at that time twenty years ago? Were they, were they still real nervous about this kind of stuff? Well, of course, there was a nervousness around the fact that this was, to our knowledge, unprecedented to have. Mm, okay. You know, we had a gay and lesbian group. We had mm-hmm. a black employees, Hispanic. We had. Mm-hmm. Um, Vietnamese employee. We had a large yeah. number of different diversity groups, but right. we didn't have anything that was spiritual relationship oh, okay. that okay. way. All right, and it, so it was something that had to be um, okay. had, had to be started. Okay. Well, folks, stay tuned here because we're going to be back here with Kent to uh, get into the second episode of this thing because we're going to unleash with Kent with what's really a religious freedom and business foundation. I think you're going to want to fasten your seatbelt for that. And also get out there and check out faiththemarketplace.com. we got a new website. We have some great new partners out there I want you to check out. And uh, also there's this little donate button out there. This ministry is run on donations from folks like you, listeners like you. So we'd really appreciate it. I know we're coming into the holidays. you got a lot of ways to give yourself, uh, you know, give to people. But, you know, keep us in mind. 
We're going to be right back with Kent Johnson, Senior Corporate Advisor for Religious Freedom and Business Foundation. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our special guest, Kent Johnson, all the way from Texas he's calling in today. He's a Senior Corporate Advisor for Religious Freedom and Business Foundation. And Kent, I know you're just chomping at the bit to get into this kind of stuff and really let people know what you guys have got going on. By the way, folks, this has been uh, was founded six years ago, and it's worldwide. So uh, Kent's got a lot to, lot to do with this and a lot to tell you about. Um, there's a founder by the name of Brian Grimm that founded it, and we'll get into a little bit of his background. Uh, Kent, and we'll share that with you. But uh, Kent is really helping out on the corporate side of things. So Kent, who's the ideal client or target audience for you guys? So from a business standpoint, we're looking at leaders of multinational companies and people of faith at all levels of any organization, of course, uh, but mostly our focus has been on multinationals, and there's a reason for that. We okay. really want to make a difference in the entire world. And it's interesting, we were at American Airlines not long ago uh, at their world headquarters, and they're strong proponents of faith in the workplace. What mm-hmm. an encouragement it is. They have their business, of course, throughout the entire world. They have major customers everywhere. Right. And they can be a positive influence on the cultures, not only of the inside the company with employees, but culture of the world. And mm-hmm. that's our big vision is reconciliation at a much bigger level. Religious yeah. freedom is is misunderstood by some people. What we're talking about is in business, the freedom to be yourself, to bring your spiritual self to work, mm-hmm. just like you bring, you know, your ethnic or your background or your attitude. You're you're being yourself, totally authentic, including your face. Yeah, and what a great difference that makes at work. Now, do you run into challenges and difficulty with that? Because you know that's that seems to be, you know, we've gone kind of made a hard left here for a number of years. So how's that playing out with your audience? Well, it's interesting. There is an apprehensiveness uh-huh. of companies that haven't done this before, and they're very nervous in some cases about it. Some people worry that if you open up the door to the religious folks, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, people will come out and they'll, they'll start uh, uh, judging others and uh, sending a message that others are bad and they're good, and unless they believe the way we do, that they're not worthwhile human beings. Yeah, and they'll make the environment uncomfortable. Our experience has been the opposite. Okay, and actually, when you unleash people of faith, not just Christians, but people right. of all faiths, right. to speak from their heart about their faith, that people come to want to understand one another better and be more civil to one another. And yeah. in fact, if you get people talking about what they're respective religions teach about the the dignity of the human being, mm. you find a much richer environment, much friendlier environment than you had before, even across these cultural boundaries. And that's exciting to see. Well, they find they got more in common than they have <laughs> from, you know, in common with each other when you start getting it down yes. to the basic human level, right? Right. And you know, Bob, it, it's interesting because even on the you, see, you mentioned the left mm-hmm. side, there's apprehensiveness about diversity. A lot, you talk to a lot of evangelical Christians, they say, oh my goodness, diversity. I know that's really code speak mm-hmm. for saying that all ideas are equal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not at all what we're saying. We're saying you be true to your faith and do not compromise. You know, 
you do not have to compromise in order to, in fact, if everybody had to compromise in order to get involved in a diversity program, that wouldn't be diversity. Yeah, right. That would be uniformity. <laughs> it's yeah. uniformity. It's the opposite. Yeah. So we use the same basic principles that some people might call the left has embraced, the whole concept of the idea of diversity. We say, absolutely, people are free individuals. They make their own choices. Sure. You're not, you know, we're going to force anybody to believe the way we do. Yeah. We're not shy about the fact we'd like them to believe in the, what we consider to be the truth about mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. No, nope, not shy about that at all. Right. However, we acknowledge their freedom. It's foolish to do otherwise. It's, yep. In fact, it's counterproductive. It drives people away from the Lord. You bet. You have that kind of an attitude. So what, from your viewpoint, what kind of problems do you guys help help them solve? Well, for one thing, we help people overcome the unwarranted fears about faith expression in the workplace. You know, we have some wonderful examples of companies that have uh, embraced faith in the workplace and are doing so in a very productive way. And the more companies that do this, the greater credibility we have. So we can help people get past those unwarranted fears. Yeah. Do you have a a story there of one of them, by any chance, you can share with the audience? Well, one pretty recent one, actually, in the last four or five years, brand new to the religious freedom arena is Salesforce, mm. Salesforce.com. Wow. What a fascinating company, and they are taking off in this area. Uh, a woman named Sue Warnke was the head of the Christian group from first, the beginning of it, the first few years, mm-hmm. and now is... Uh, uh, very uh, highly regarded in the organization. That's the largest diversity group that they have. It's the wow. Christian group. Wow. The faith groups are taking off, and this is a good thing. You know, I sure. every time I have an opportunity to talk to evangelicals, I explain why it's such a good thing that the Muslims are alongside us. Yeah. I had a let, let me tell you a, a quick story about Texas Instruments. They continue mm-hmm. to be in the forefront of religious freedom in mm-hmm. work. Okay. And just last week, uh, the week before last, I did a conference with three of the members, still employees, senior uh, people at Texas Instruments who uh, were involved uh, in religious uh, diversity in the company, talking. One of them Muslim, mm-hmm. one of them Jewish. That alone is pretty cool. Yep. The, the two of them right there together, panel members, myself, uh, evangelical Christian, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Wow. And we are friends. We are wow. we are strong friends, forged over a period of 20 years, Wow. at least, uh, us together, uh, most of us. Anyway. anyway, so we had an opportunity to share about how our relationships blossomed mm-hmm. and uh it it is exciting to do this and see people's eyes open. Say, yeah. "Wow, you mean it's possible?" <laughs> Intel Intel is another great example. Wow, of a company that has done this well, and they won the award uh, last year uh, for the most religious fr- religion friendly um, company. Uh, company in the world. Wow, wow, Intel Corporation. No kidding. Their CEO. Wow. Uh, Coincidentally, is a, is a uh, not not coincidentally, but he is a, uh, a wonderful evangelical Christian man. Okay, uh, but he he is very much bought in on the idea of religious freedom for all oh, all man. employees. So, what what makes your business or your service unique? I mean, I mean, it's it, first of all, I'd never heard of it up until about a couple months ago, and I thought, my goodness, wow, why is this thing not you know getting more publicity? But so, what makes it unique? 
Well, what makes us unique is that we are appealing to not just the Christian, we're a crossover organization. Right. You know, again, I come back to the whole idea of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. My passion is to ignite Christian believers to this cause. My passion is also to ignite people of other faiths and atheists to get excited about sharing where their heart is mm. about spiritual things. Right. My, my sense is, quite frankly, you know, being a believer in Christ, I believe that uh, the, the Word is inhabited by the Holy Spirit. So when we speak scriptural principles, the Spirit is the one who touches hearts. Right. And so I, I think it is positive whenever we can have a forum that opens the door to that kind of sharing. And I'm not at all afraid of opening the door widely and enthusiastically for people of other faiths as well, because the Holy Spirit is is with us. Yep. And and that's that's your job now. To be clear, you you really interface with businesses, right? That's what kind of the role is that you play. That's correct. Okay. It's it's with businesses. Now, um, Brian Graham is a remarkable man. He's a, a, um, a missionary to... Uh, China, mm-hmm. and then to Russia, and then to Saudi Arabia, of all places. Amazing, wow. amazing experiences. And he now is uh, focused very much on the international scene right. and has contacts with governmental agencies and all sorts of wonderful connections. And so um, the foundation has this very big worldwide objective. My focus in particular under his umbrella is companies. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and he is, has come to realize very much that companies are a tremendous influence point. You know, the t- talk uh, in the long ago past was that all roads lead to Rome. You know, in the time mm. of the first uh, <laughs> right. Christians, all the roads lead to Rome. All the roads today lead to multinational corporations. Right. <laughs> and when I say multiple multinational corporations, it's hard to find one that's not multinational sure. in the sense that we're buying from people, we have business relationships with people in other countries. So yep. many companies do, even smaller companies. And even in our, I live in the most diverse county in the United States. And it's uh, uh, Fort Bend County, Texas, it's okay. just south of uh, Houston. Okay, huge diversity. So I would argue that you know, our you go into the workplace, many of us. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the whole world is right there. There you go. (laughs) So so we need to know how to get along with one another better and to understand one another and to value one another better. I love it. And that's the message. So so what's unique about us is we're appealing across the board. I have uh, people who are gay and lesbian who love the fact that we can talk openly about our core beliefs. That's great. That's awesome. And, and people, look, atheists, yeah. who will say, boy, I'm so glad that you've opened the door. That I felt like a pariah before this, but now I can be myself and we can talk openly oh, about this. Kent, and I can it. understand you better. Yeah. Isn't that I fantastic? Love it. I love it. Well, we're going to get back here with Ken in a minute. Let's, uh, I want to talk about one of our, our sp- uh, partners that we have, Inbound Studio, as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small, medium-sized business be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. Uh, they have really become one of the premier providers in the Midwest. So as a result, the company, uh, get out there and check them out at 
uh, inboundstudio.studio. Now, I'm going to be back here with Kent in a little bit, but i got to tease you a little bit. He's got a special gift here that we're giving away to all listeners today, so you got to come back. And as you can tell, uh, Kent is really passionate about this, and he's doing fantastic work, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Kent Johnson. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. We're back here with Ken Johnson, the Senior Corporate Advisors for Religious Freedom and Business Foundation, which a lot of folks out here probably have never heard of. I hadn't heard of up until a couple months ago. I've had conversations this last couple weeks to at least a half a dozen people asking them, and they didn't. Kent, why is that? Why are you guys a best-kept secret? Well, it isn't uh, for lack of trying. (laughs) I I think um, people are very nervous, and especially around the time of COVID, it seemed like the the window began to close a little bit on new uh, engagement with religious freedom in major companies. Mm. It's really interesting. A group of us got together and wrote a book, and the book, uh, well, it's basically um, Brian Grimm and I Mm. wrote the main parts of the book, and then we asked executives from American Airlines, uh, Apple Computer, Google, Tyson Foods, Salesforce, many other companies, and they've all contributed their perspectives on this thing. We're dying to get this book out. Mm -hmm. We've been talking to publishers, and the publishers are saying, well, we've never seen anything like this before. We've seen, you know, because we're trying to market it, as I started uh, saying, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, to uh, human resource professionals, to bi- the business community, you know, but sure. the business books don't include anything about faith. Absolutely. I mean, that you, you have the religious, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff being written about faith at work yep. in the religious arena, and that's appropriate. It's wonderful. But what's not being written is anything in the business arena. In fact, if you go to a publication like Harvard Business School, mm-hmm. uh, Harvard Business Review, you see a lot of things about uh, the need to have humility mm-hmm. and to listen to people and to treat people as uh, valuable just because they're people, you know, not just mm-hmm. in the organization chart. All these scriptural principles, really, but they never cite anything spiritual. Rarely do anyway. So this is still odd in the Mm. business world. And and so I'm anxious. We may end up self-publishing this book. When we do, I think it will really hit the mark. People, when they read it, will realize this is a big thing. Absolutely. And with the power of the folks you got behind this, I mean, some of these corporate executives, I'm sure you could find somebody who went to Harvard and uh, go over there and knock on their door and say, hey, look, we, we, we got something you should be publishing here, you know? <laughs> got to use that influence. <laughs> yeah. Well, you certainly could self-publish it, and I would really encourage you to do that because that's a no-brainer. I mean, you can go out and publish it yourself. It'd be nice to get somebody behind it, but, you know, again, you might want to solicit some of these big corporations to, you know, see if they could uh, get lend a hand or give you somebody who could publish it, you know? That'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be yeah. something that you probably could leverage. Hey, you know, I'm uh, looking at the kind of the key the takeaways you'd like the audience to have today, and I don't want to be remiss of this, so why don't you share with the audience the takeaways you want for them today? Well, one thing I would share would be hope. Mm-hmm. You know, in our time today, everything is so polarized. People distrust one another just because they learn that, for instance, they belong to a certain political party sure. or they are a particular uh, 
brand of Christian. So this, this particular, Oh, I know about them mm-hmm. or people jump to conclusions yep. and it's very difficult to reconcile when we are distrusting one another. I would say, fear not mm. God has called you. When I'm talking to Christians, I can say this without any hesitation. Mm-hmm. We have been called to be ambassadors in the faith, uh, strangers and aliens in a foreign land. Yep. And we are to respect every human being that we come across, no matter what their belief is, yep. as one of God's image bearers. And we should care for them uh, and treat them as equals, that we are no better than them. Mm-hmm. In fact, we should treat them better than, than ourselves, consider others better than yourselves. So yep. he who began a good work in you, I would spur you on. I would also like to leave this audience in particular with the encouragement to get engaged in the faith of the workplace movement. Yes. And get engaged with not just learning about how you can be a better person at work, but learn how you can listen to people of other cultures and faiths. How do you listen well without embracing their point of view? Because you cannot compromise. We must not compromise the truths of the gospel and the Bible. The Bible is our core. On the other hand, we can listen, and that's exactly what Paul did, right? He, he went to the Areopagus, where the, the Greeks were talking about all sorts of philosophies. So right. They had these cities with, with different idols to different gods, and they didn't know who God was. And he listened to them. He went to school on them and knew enough about their faith to really relate to them. Yeah. And that's what we need to do. Yep. Uh, so let so, me ask you, you know, obviously you you do quite a bit of speaking and meet with people. How do you how do you inspire others in their daily work? What what kind of things do you do to do that? Uh, my quick answer would be I don't inspire anybody. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I is great. No, but I'm serious about yeah. this because I am not any uh, extraordinary communicator or anything. It's just uh, hard yielded to him and I pray that I will be yielded to him regularly. That's what that's what inspires. Um Okay. You know, it's and then I'm just surprised when people <laughs> find out, oh my goodness, I heard you and then we changed our policy and we're now doing this. That's just, oh man. That's amazing. Praise that's the Lord. Huh? Of God. Yeah. That's that I mean it just fires me up. Yeah. Very, very Praise the Lord, man. That is cool. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know about you, but um, I'm, I network, as you know, and I mean, I know a lot of people. And, and oftentimes I'm with them for a coffee or something or a co- phone conversation, whatever it might be. And, you know, I go try to get to the, pi- the human side of this because they're from all walks of life. And if they're going through any kind of difficulty, and certainly this last year and a half, we've had a lot of difficulty. And uh, one of the things that I was taught a long time ago was uh, to pray for people, you know, when they're in a tough situation. And I have to share with you, it was probably about uh, seven years ago, maybe, that it happened, that I'd go away and pray for them, okay? Until a gentleman that was at, with um, Motorola, senior executive in HR, told me he, was, he used to do the same thing. And he, as you can imagine, he had all, people, all kinds of people from all walks of life at his door. And then one day, the Holy Spirit just said, why are you doing that? Why don't you just pray for them right then and there? And he told me right. that that's what he started doing. And it was, he said he was absolutely amazed nobody ever turned him down. He would put, now, he kept it short yeah. and sweet, you know, to, to cover what yeah. it was that they were having an issue with. And you know something? I can tell you, Ken, the same thing has happened for me. I've never had anybody turn me down. And, and I meet people from all walks of life. And, uh, you know, when I hear a difficult situation or something they're going through, 
um, I just stop right there and, and just say a quick prayer for them to let them know then very sincerely that I care about them. And isn't that the great, the great commandment, right? Love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, I mean, these are pretty simple things, but it, that's what we're, we're supposed to be doing. And to your point with what you're doing with you know, religious freedom, to me, that's really what it is, is love your neighbor, right? That's right. Bob, I love, I love that. And, you know, I'll give you a quick story. There was mm-hmm. a administrative assistant uh, who I've worked with very closely who just had it in her heart to pray for our CEO. And she didn't work directly for the CEO, but the CEO knew who she was, she's a very bubbly mm-hmm. personality. Anyway, she t- told him, I'm praying for you. And he said, thank you so much. And then she got in her head, I've got to pray for him in mm-hmm. person. And so I she love did it. it. I love well, it. I love it. Yep. And I do this regularly, and I uh-huh. did it regularly as a senior executive. Uh, I, I wasn't a senior executive at TI, but I spent a lot of time with them. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, opportunity to, to pray. Absolutely. Even an atheist that mm-hmm. was wrestling with some stuff, and we were talking together, and I said, listen, do you mind if I put pray? He said, well, you can flap your gums. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I prayed for this guy. Uh, he had a personal situation, mm-hmm. and I really earnestly prayed for him. And he said, oh, you know, and he left. Mm-hmm. It was months later he came back to me and said, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Wow. Just the fact that you cared enough yep. to do that. And yep. That speaks volumes to me, and it changes my attitude toward faith. Now, he didn't, I don't have it. You know, that's the other piece of this for believers that I say is, mm-hmm. listen, you may yeah. not be the closer of the deal. Yep. All you have to do is to love on people. You bet. <laughs> and yeah, don't shy away from sp- speaking the yep. truth. I'm not saying it's just being nice. It is talking about the gospel, but don't expect to, to be the closer. But what a privilege. Yeah, that, you're absolutely somebody. right. Hey, what words of wisdom were you it. given to your younger self? Well, that's an interesting question. I, um, We've only got a couple hey, minutes here, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I'll just take a couple seconds. Right? Yeah. The big thing that I would teach myself is patience. Uh, when I became a believer, I, I was on fire, and I was right. going to you know, witness to everything with legs. And that is, uh, you know, it takes time, mm-hmm. and it takes relationships. Bingo. The way we're going to cure, the, the way we're going to bring um, reconciliation throughout the world is not a quick fix. It's not a couple yep. of dazzling words. It's not a one sermon. It's relationships. You and bet. that takes patience. And uh, how about you had wrote something fascinating, interesting, funny about, cool about you. Let's share that with the audience. <laughs> well, the oddest thing about me is I'm six foot 11. So yeah. it's not funny, but it's, it's odd, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I don't know, as a kid, my brother and I played in an abandoned brewery. That's all oh, fun. Uh, climbing, uh, you know, walls, yeah. crumbling with rats and everything. Um, <laughs> But maybe the oddest thing is that while I was in high school, I taught my mom to drive. She never learned how to drive. Oh, wow. I, I did it. And we surprised my dad. He didn't have any idea. Oh, mom wow. was going back, to, going to work. Oh, my word. <laughs> total shock. And it was a talk about it. You know, I love opening it. doors and doing the things. Oh, man. So, well, very for- proud of her. Uh, folks, as I promised you, Kent's got a, a fabulous uh, uh Thing that he's going to give away today. So text us at 312-210-0603 with a keyword relationships. And we're going to get in your hands, strengthening employee engagement, 
uh, religious freedom uh, and business org- from the bu- business organization. I think that would be a fabulous thing because all of you that are out there working, and particularly if you're in a uh, in a fortune company or whatever, uh, this is going to really help you with that. So uh, I think you'd say you'd you'd reinforce that, right, Ken? As far as that particular thing that we're going to be giving away. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, to be engaged in their work. Well, I love it. I just can't tell you. This is fantastic. Well, listen, folks, get out there again at faithmarketplace.com. We have lots of resources out there. I also check out uh, Ambassadors for Business. It's also become a partner in G7, and we're going to talk more about that later. Again, we'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here, and I want to make sure you get a chance to get out there and get this special uh, offer that uh, Kent has been gracious enough to give every listener. Text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword relationships. And Kent, what are they going to get? Well, the key thing that I'm going to provide is really a business case for action. Okay. You know, business people are always wondering, oh, gee, you know, what uh, does this make business sense? Sure. Does it make business sense to open up the door to religious discussion? I mean, for a lot of people, they're, they're kind of, their forehead is getting crinkled up. They're going, what in the world? That's weird. <laughs> what we give you is a business case for action, and it talks about retention of employees. And it talks Ooh. about attracting new, new employees. Today, you've got a, a massive emphasis on retention. You know, if you look right. at uh, how uh, people are leaving, this is the, it's been yep. called the, the, the mass yep. exodus. Or, yeah. You know, that, yeah. people just leaving the, their jobs left and right. The great and resignation, as it's being called, yeah. <laughs> exactly, the great re- resignation. Yep. But uh, what we found is that what a lot of human resource professionals even will acknowledge is that it's relationships that make a job sticky. You want to yep. stay because you care about the people who are you with. Yep. And what we have is some tools to convince management that, that our faith is a big part of the stickiness. If you know somebody cares enough about you to show up at the hospital and pray for you, yeah. co-worker, right. Mr. Muslim, Mr. Muslim co-worker, and here's a, here's a person, a Jewish person, let's just say, could mm-hmm. show it up, or a Christian. Mm-hmm. Look, that kind of interaction is healing, and it's yep. strengthening, and it builds relationships. People don't want to quit. You bet. So this will give you a part that and several other uh, pieces of a business case for action. Yep. Well, uh, well, we had the break there. We broke down basically something we thought was pretty compelling and important, particularly for the audience. And this subject that we've been talking about is how, as a leader, and you certainly have a lot of leadership experience, can you use your influence? Okay. And you brought up something that was interesting to me is to, um, what are the sticking points in that? Especially when you start talking about, you know, your faith, right? So what's your, what's your take on that? This is a really interesting topic and and you can come at it from a couple of different ways. One way is that this, sometimes the top managers feel like their hands are tied Mm. because if they come out as a Christian, if they uh, start a Bible study in the workplace, some of the people might misunderstand that and think, oh, this is the way I climb the corporate ladder. I have to join this Bible study. And then if I do that, that, well, that's the wrong message. 
Right. That's not the motivation you want to give somebody to study right. the word. It's counterproductive for our faith to do that. In that way, it's, it's sometimes more efficacious, more powerful in a company situation to have a regular person that's not a high-ranking executive speaking openly about his faith and starting a Bible study and building relationships that go up and down the organization chart. Mm. Yeah. And this is this is healing, this is powerful stuff, and you can really make uh, tremendous headway. Now, I would say that um, there, there are many uh, CEOs of companies that adhere to a particular faith and have made it known that they do. Mm-hmm. They have to be more careful than the rest of the population, uh, bending over backwards to make sure that nobody gets the wrong impression that they are demanding you know, that you adhere to my religion or else you won't get promoted. That's just not the case. Yeah. It cannot be the case. Right. If ever a believer sees something like that going on, no matter what the faith of the individual is, that, that's discrimination. Yep. That's not right. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's uh, the famous uh, quote from, I think everybody attributes to uh, St. George or somebody, and that is, go spread the gospel, use words if necessary. I think action and deeds are what people watch. So if the fact comes out that this leader is a Christian, a person of faith, uh, not proselytizing people or evangelizing, but basically it's by their walk, how they lead, how they treat other people, uh, do they do what they say they're going to do, and all those things. Those are the truly uh, faith-based leaders that really can be very influential and do that. And also come up alongside people in a way that they're saying basically that, I'll stand. I'll stand alongside this person. You know, if this is what they want to do, and, and I'm I'm subscribing to that, but not getting on a bully pulpit and telling them anything about it. Just basically living it out. You know, would you agree? Well, with it's that? interesting. It's a. It, it, I agree in a way, but in a way, it is a bully pulpit. But it's yeah. a different message yep. than some people expect. And mm-hmm. the message is, I care about everybody. Yep. And you know, okay. So say there is a, an event that happens involving violence to a, a, a mosque. Mm. Let's just say this happens. And the Christians and the Jews come together, and the Hindu maybe, and other people from other faiths, and they come together and say, no, this was wrong. This is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And we stand alongside our Muslim co-workers, and we say, we're, we feel sad about this, and we're praying for you guys. Yeah. That is a healing thing. It's not oh, yeah. affirming the other faith. That's not the message. Mm-hmm. Make that real clear. But it is affirming the human beings. Yep. And that is something that a tough leader can do without any compunction at all. And that's what they ought to be doing on a regular basis. Right. And they also shouldn't be shy about saying, I'm really glad we have a Christian group here. And I'm a Christian. I want people to know I am. But I also want you to know, in the same sentence, <laughs> I want you to know, uh, I am also an advocate of freedom of religious expression for mm. people of other faiths and for atheists. Absolutely, no. For them to be able to speak. Does does Brian get involved much with uh, with the government in, in these issues as far as uh, you know religious freedom? Yes, he does. Okay. And dealing with governments of other countries is another right. whole. We, we could do a separate. Uh, session on that alone. You know, sure. a lot of these companies have major business dealings with places like India and uh, China, China and sure. Saudi Arabia, for that sure. matter. And, you know, how do you, how do you promote human rights, uh, rights of freedom of religion right. through your company? Yes, he, he does get involved in that and with the uh, uh, with um, 
ambassadors as well. Uh, so he's, he lives in Washington, D.C. He's constantly mm-hmm. engaged in that, and, yep. and I am too alongside him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Ken, I can't thank you enough. This has been really enlightening. And audience, listeners out there, please get out there and, again, text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword relationships. I guarantee you, you're going to want what uh, Ken is going to be able to put in your hands, uh, especially if you're out there working in a company and under, just gives you a lot of, of confidence and ability, basically, to see what you can do to uh, live your faith at work, and that's a, a big part. Of it. Right. Obviously, that's what the show is about. This is what we're trying to do is connect faith and work. We have now going on nine, I can't believe it, going on uh, eight years, nine years now, and uh, the, the program, and it's just been fabulous. Well, again, get out there and check out our website. Uh, we have formed a, a partnership with Ambassadors for Business out of Minneapolis that would like to come into the Chicagoland area and start setting up Thrive Groups down here where people from uh, all different communities, the faith community, come together and um, basically worship but have a meal together and so on and so forth. G7 is a great movement now where it's very intentional for how Christians can network in business, network together to help each other get business, okay? And I'm actively involved in that here in the Chicagoland area, so anybody can reach out to me. Uh, best to reach me at 847-922-1498. Go out the website. My stuff's out there. You can access me that way, too, at faithmarketplace.com. Uh, but I'm anxious to let people know that we're stepping it up here to really help people and engage them in ways that uh, uh, that is got meaningness to it. And it, it really being able to live out your faith in certain types of environments uh, can be extremely beneficial, not only to the others that are coming around you in community, but also to you and um, and your faith and your expression of that. Again, I want to thank my special guest today, Kent Johnson, the Senior Corporate Advisor for Religious Freedom and Business Foundation. Get out there and check them out. They're at um, the same address there, but it's a .org, right? Uh, ReligiousFreedomAndBusiness.org. So get out there and check them out. We're going to be back here next Saturday on AM 1160. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.